All right. Good morning, uh, my brothers. We are up for a little bit of an earlier episode of Playing to Win. I'm on with uh, my good friend Aubrey Huff, ex-Major League Baseball player, San Francisco Giants, Tampa Bay. You've done a few things out there, and now you're becoming famous for your opinions about uh, the state of the world that we live in today. How you doing, brother? Rich, I'm doing great, brother. Yeah, my uh, Twitter feed's blown up, I think, <laughs> since the last time we spoke. It's been probably, what, a good uh, eight or nine months we spoke last on your show. And, and um, you know, I, I, I don't even remember if the Giants was – that was a story yet when we talked, when they uninvited me from the World Series reunion. And that was when I just said, you know what? I realized then that this uh, First Amendment right – our right to literally say what we want is under attack. And that's when I said, you know what? If I'm going to get uninvited to a 10-year reunion, it's time to start mouthing off and and, and uh, really start getting loud. So that's what I've been doing. Cool. Um, you, your signal's a little weak. I don't know if you want to maybe just kill your video and run audio because um, your audio is breaking up and we just kind of really need to hear you more than see, even though you do have a pretty face. Should be a little okay. Yeah, let little, me. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll stop the cam. Yeah, How's there that? you go. Yeah, that's a lot better. Okay, cool. Um, to kind of set the tone, let me just play this clip that because um, I mean, I texted you after I retweeted this. I'm like, yo, man, we got to do a, a quick chat on this. So I'm going to throw it in the stream here. Uh, it's like a quick two minute clip. You guys should be able to hear this. So let me just hit play. I just just got listen an up. Email from my boys Friday night flag football league saying that they have not been given the green light to start their season. No doubt. Their season will most likely be canceled here pretty soon. Um, they can't go to school already in the fall. They can't see their buddies. There's no sports whatsoever. We are ruining our children's futures. We're ruining our children's health and, more importantly, their mental health. And I blame you, you mask Nazis out there, the people out there that are afraid, driving around in their cars with a mask on, that can't think for themselves, and you're projecting your fears onto your children. I am no, I'm no longer in this together with you guys. I never was. Ask yourself this. Are your kids in this together with you? I would venture to say that they're not. I have had hundreds of direct messages from parents saying that, you know, they're high school juniors and seniors that had opportunities to go to college on sports scholarships are now worried because they're not getting recruited right now. They can't play sports. They don't. Nothing's open. Travel ball leagues are shut down. Little leagues are shut down. We are making our kids fat, sick, and dead. I just got back from a bike ride. I saw multiple families riding these electric bikes, not even pedaling, with masks on. We've got kids rolling around with electric scooters. You know, I, as a father... I'm fighting for my kids' right to literally breathe. If I didn't have kids, I would be in the mountains right now, in a van, down by the river, not giving two fucks, watching the world burn. But because I have these two children, I'm fighting for them and kids all across this country, all over the world, that are falling victimhood to you mass Nazi fear-mongering pussies. And that's what you are. All right. Well, fair to say uh, you have an opinion about that, yeah? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. man. All right. Is this working out okay? Are you here? Yeah, the, you hear the, me? A bit of a delay. You know in what, the Rich, audio, let me I call think. you back from my phone. I'll take you. I'll I'll call you back from my phone off Wi-Fi on a roaming, and it's always better that way. All right. Yeah. So if you just click that link that I dropped in your Twitter DM, it should open up on your mobile device pretty easy too. So I'll just wait for you to do that. You got it. All right. See you in a minute. All right. So while he's um, doing that and getting connected back, um, you should give him a, a quick follow on uh, Twitter. Um, he's been blowing up. I think when I crossed his path, uh, I came across him about five, six, seven months ago, maybe around the time Rolo first talked to him. He had 30,000 subs. He's close to 200,000. Um, really interesting dude. He's outspoken, of course, on some, on some opinions. And unlike most public figured um, athletes who are doing things like bending the knee today, you know, he's standing up and offering a view that's somewhat counterintuitive to what the mainstream media and the mainstream narrative is trying to pull you into. So you can follow him there on uh, Twitter if you like. Looks like he's just connecting right now. Let's add him back to the stream. We'll remove that. Let's see how the audio is there. All right. How's that working? Yeah, that's a lot better. It sounds like there's no delay now, so you're good. Um, so let's just skip over the whole San Francisco Giants and how you got uninvited from attending because your political opinions and views. I kind of wanted to hover around parenting on this one and like the state of things because stuff's changed a lot since we talked last with this, you know, so-called pandemic that's been going on. And um, I've seen the, the, like, I've seen the general feminization of the Western male going on for a while. In fact, I did a video. I, I pulled it up here. I'm going to just drop it in the chat for you guys to open up um later but i did this february 23rd 2017 um so you can watch that just open up a new browser window later but um this is something that's been going on for a while guys and is this something that you've just noticed recently doing what you do on, on twitter and running your podcasts and talking to people or is this something that you've been aware of for quite a few years yeah, now no yeah when i when i played baseball i you know i never really realized how weak the the western male has become um you know, I was around 24 other alpha males pretty much every day. You cannot be a beta male and play professional sports. And then I got out and I moved to Southern California, um, living around the San Diego area. And my brother, if you want to spot peak beta male, come to Southern California. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. It's, uh, you know, it, and that's where I really opened up my eyes and realized what's going on. And it's not just Southern California. It's, it's really gone all over the state and pretty much nationwide. Now it's, it seems to be a trend. And I really believe it's, it started happening when we, from society. Um, and I think more importantly from even our, even our religion, our churches has feminized uh, men. I mean, I don't even like going to church anymore because it's, I've realized I have a relationship with God, but I don't go to church because even the music's soft. It's it's really effeminate, and you know I feel like that's not what Jesus was. And I feel like a lot of societies doing that to men. Um, men are being told that women like their men sensitive and soft and caring. You can have those things, but there has to be an element of a man that's that's alpha, that's that provides, protects, and. You know, in my bio, my Twitter feed, I say that I'm protector of toxic masculinity. I say that as a joking way, but in a lot of ways, I'm serious, too, because we need to have that masculinity uh, back. Not in the sense toxic masculinity when you think about beating your wife and getting drunk every day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about soldiers that go out there and fight for our right to have our freedoms in America. They will go out there and grind their ass off to provide for their family and, and, and be great 
dads. That's the kind of masculinity we want, that we need, that women want. And the uh, the beta male today, they're absolutely confused of what they've been taught growing up. One of the things I've I've noticed I've been doing a lot lately, especially since school's been out, because, I mean, they basically canceled school here. I'm in Toronto, for those of you guys that don't know, but um, they canceled school here just the week after March break, which is around, I think, the second or third week of March. And we don't know if things are going to return to normal in September in the school system or if they're going to alternate days or if they're going to do, you know, social distancing, desk spacers or dividers or what the hell is going to happen. But we'll find out soon enough. But I found myself doing a lot of correcting on social narratives just in day-to-day life, like standing on dots, what's happening in grocery stores, masks, people's opinions of you, people driving in cars by themselves with masks on. I noticed in that video, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, people riding these electric bikes with masks on and not even pedaling. And it's like, I see the same thing because I've been riding my bike. I mean, the gyms are so closer. They're actually going to open on Friday here, thankfully, finally, but I've been doing a lot of cardio just to try to keep the, you know, the conditioning up. But you see these people on these bike paths and they're on these electric scooters and bikes and they're the ones that need to be pedaling. Like they need to move their body more. It's like this is like, this is the systematic weakening of the human male. Like the Western male is becoming pussified because of things like this. And I find myself constantly correcting the social narrative to my own child to let her know what the truth and what the reality of the marketplace really is. You know, the world as it stands, you find yourself doing that with your boys a lot. Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I've, done everything I can to keep my boys away from any kind of social, uh, you know, conditioning as far as TV goes. Um, I'm very uh, mindful of what they watch. Um, you know, the school system, the public school system, my kids are in public school. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to go back this year. And I've always, I've raised them up to say, listen, guys, when your teacher talk, te- talks, and let's be honest, the, I say 90 plus, 90 plus percent of all teachers are female. Um and they're being indoctrinated by a lot of women in the school system and a lot of their opinions. And I tell them all the time, guys, you guys go to school, listen to your teacher when it comes to subject matter, when it comes to them teaching you math, um, historical facts. But when they start spewing their opinions, what's a lot do nowadays? I want you to pretend like she is the teacher from Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 mm-hmm. wah, wah. I wanted to go in one ear, out the other. And that's up to us as parents to teach them the way of the world for me when they come home we have we have life lessons you know we go out and we create in the garage we build we we're making swords and shields they're making like apocalyptic type weapons you know when the riots are going on we went outside with one of my old wooden baseball bats hammering nails in it to have like a little weapon for them i'm teaching them how to shoot guns um you know i'm teaching them how to cook uh, barbecue we're doing manly things we just got back from a trip in utah cliff jumping out and out in the lake and so we do a lot of stuff that guys do, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, we don't have enough of that in today's society. We, I have, I'm lucky enough, Rich, to have a gym in my garage. So the, the gym shutdowns aren't that big, di- a big, big a deal to me. I make it a point when the kids aren't going to school right now that they go in the gym with me, do a little light workout, push-ups, sit-ups, body weight squats. They're only 11 to 9, so we're not doing like heavy lifting or nothing, but they're in there working. And I take two hours out of the day where we have to get out of this house, go somewhere, whether it's on the beach, at a baseball field, play catch, um, go to the beach, throw the football around something. They have to be active a couple hours a day. And then after dinner at six o'clock, they have their free time. They want to play video games or what have you. But you, as a parent, we just can't let our kids sit around um, 
because you're lazy and don't want to deal with them, giving them technology. And that's, that's, I think that's what's failed a lot of the people that are up to out today. These social justice warriors, they've been raised on all this technology. Now they're growing up and we're seeing the whirlwind of that. So I believe technology is a big problem of what we're seeing in today's Western male. Yeah. I'm seeing this. Um, it's almost like the mainstream media and a combination of that and state involvement is looking to run our households and our kids. Um, because during the normal school season, when like it's been a blessing and a curse for me because I work from home, you know, for the most part, right? Um, I know that you're retired from baseball, but you're working on your own projects. But when you've got parenting time, because we're both divorced, so we share custody sort of thing. But when you got parenting time, you can't get much done because if you're not parenting the kid, they're going to sit around and default to what the social narrative, what the mainstream you know, media narrative is, what, what, what social media gets kids to do, which is sit and stare at a screen. And they'll play screen games. They'll look at social media platforms like TikTok and nonsense like that. And they're not being kids, right? Like, it's amazing what happens when you take kids out of that environment and you give them a stick. And it's like, you know, they, they'll go and dig a hole with a stick for like an hour and a half when you take them outside in the sun in some field. But you bring them inside and they've got access to a screen. They'll just sit around and they just become a zombie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. The minute, the minute uh, they, within an hour of getting off technology, you see their brain start to fire. They'll start getting paper out and start drawing and painting and creating. Um, it's, it's technology is nothing but a distraction. Now I have a rule and I, a lot of people love this rule. So you have your iPads, right? I'm not an iPad Nazi. I played video games as a kid growing up, but I would always go out and play first. And after dinner, I, that would be from like seven o'clock at night. And so mm -hmm. I went to bed and I played video games, big deal, but I did my work all day long. I have a rule with the iPads, charge them to hundred percent every Sunday and give them access to say, listen, kids, you can use this iPad right now, Sunday for four hours until it dies, or you can use it a little bit throughout the week. And when that thing's dead, it's dead for the week. So they get about four, an iPad's typically four hours, you know, to play on. So they get four hours for the week to play on that iPad. So it teaches them to play on it in increments to manage their time. I've found that's been very useful, very helpful, because then they don't complain. They don't bitch about you know, you're, you don't let me play on the iPad. You have your iPad, but you manage your time on it. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. I mean, there's a lot of these time management apps and parenting apps that, that, that like kill off screen time after a certain period of time. And that's what I use right now. But I think that, that that strategy of just taking away the charger after Sunday and all right, yep. you get the charger again on Sunday and you, know, you can charge it back up then. So manage your time. So I like that too. That's a, that's a sweet way. Um, how do you feel about like, the, the public and the media criticizing the way that you parent your kids. Like I, like I never saw this growing up. Like I never saw my parents getting, getting crit. Like I got spanked if I was behaving like a, a prick. Right. And I probably deserved it. And, I mean, if I'm being honest, I did deserve it. But you know, today it's like, if you have an opinion, like, Hey, I'm going to teach my kids how to zero in a scope on their 22 and take them to the range. Oh, you're a terrible father. Cause you're doing this. Like, you know, it almost seems like they, they want to involve, when I say they, like I'm just talking about state involvement, me, you know, mainstream media, they want to involve or or uh, impose their opinions and views on you and your lives in your own household, right? It makes it tough to be, you know, head of your own household, to be king of your castle when all of these inputs keep coming in from all these other opinions. What do you think about all that? You know, it's, it's funny. 
one of the biggest direct messages, I, I can't even keep up with them anymore, Rich, from all the haters, but uh, a lot of it is, you know, I feel sorry for your children. You're a right. father, you know, and I'm like, what? Shaming, yeah. You're, you know, like when I'm around my kids, I see the love in their eyes, how much they love their dad. We do amazingly fun things together. Um, you know, I, I went, to, one of my big tweets was taking them to the gun range. This is about a year ago. And, and I had the grouping shots of the target there with my boys at the range saying how proud I was of taking them to the range to shoot guns. I got crushed for that. Like I'm, I got people calling me as I'm raising school shooters. I mean, what the fuck really? I'm teaching them how to properly operate a weapon at a responsible location at a gun range that is legal to go into. And I, and I, half the comments I got on my Twitter feed in the comments was talking about how bad a father I was and how, ridiculous my kids are because they're going to grow up to be school shooters and i thought to myself oh my gosh that's the world we live in now holy shit mm. you know and just recently um what last week my boys have gotten to the point where we just don't go to the gun range and they shoot their own you know they don't rent a gun i bought them one each one of them they're 11 and 9 i got them each their own ar-15 and so you know I, to me they're they're responsible enough to learn how to shoot they've been renting one at the gun range and learning to fire that thing for the last six months. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're, they're probably better shooting that thing than I am. So, you know, I went out and got them one and, and they can't wait to go to the gun range. That's one of their favorite things to do besides go to the beach. But, you know, I, I think it's, especially in this world we live in, Rich, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like this world is never going to be the same after all this COVID nonsense. And they've been trying to take away our guns for years. You got riots and defunding the police we're going to have to as men it's going to be up to us to protect our own households because i don't see yeah. you know this is going to this is going to get uglier before it gets better well it it wasn't that long ago i mean in canada um we never had this in the school system but i'm but i'm told in the u.s it wasn't that long ago that they actually instructed children in the elementary school system on how to use firearms responsibly and safely yeah um i've never had that i it was probably up, like your parents' generation then. Like yeah, yeah, I grew up in Texas, so if you were going to get that, you would get that. But what they are teaching our kids in school now is, you know, um, how they can identify as the opposite sex. That's the important issues of it. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable, man. So I, bizarre to me. So I think the one big thing going on right now, the one thing I can say that's actually a good thing for this COVID thing is public school systems have been shut down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, at least they're not getting indoctrinated by liberal politics that's what the public school system has become colleges etc you know and um i have no problem you know right now as of today southern california uh, san diego unified will not have fall schools for our kids it's once again online learning um i'm not all that smart rich i'm i got what you call common sense smart but i am no teacher and i can't do that again after last year so what me and my ex have done uh, is we have split on having a tutor come in twice a week from nine to two. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, 10 to two, twice a week, just to have somebody here that can teach them what we can't. Um, so, you know, you gotta navigate right now. I know it's expensive for people. A lot of people can't do it and they can't go to work because their kids are at home. So it's, this is a system of control. It's, it's a scary time for people that can't afford to, to keep their kids at home right now. Um. So you said that this that this COVID thing is obviously offering a pretty dramatic change in you know your opportunity to parent and kids to learn. Um, 
I mean, I was asking my dad about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, have you ever seen this in your lifetime? He's like, I've never seen them shut down the economy like this, pandemic, this and that. Um, you know, we've had lots of things that have made people sick, but you know, you see, you know, there's a funny meme that I saw the other day. It's like a picture of this, like, you know, a disabled person who's realistically just morbidly obese in a wheelchair, you know, um, basically talking to a Chad saying, you not wearing a mask is putting my health at risk, but it's like, no, you sitting in a, like you consuming way too much food and being 600 pounds is putting your health at risk. Like they just don't see past their own noses. It's almost like solipsism is like spread across, across the Western world. And everybody wants this like softy narrative. And I just, I just don't get it. Like there's a total lack of any kind of masculinity and strong male role models. I did this broadcast the other day on my channel on the uh, Before the Trainwreck series, and it's like, if you turn on Netflix right now and you watch a show like Charlie's Angels, like you probably remember Charlie's Angels as a yes. kid, right? Yeah. Three hot women, Bosley, you never saw his face. You know, it was cool back then, but now if you look at the most recent version of Charlie's Angels, it's like three man-hating women that are just like out there to disparage and make men look like the, like the butt of every single joke. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's absolute crazy. And you know what's funny about uh, you know wa watching with my boys any kind of Hollywood movies or anything right now, they just got done watching. And I, this is another comments I get all the time when I tell people this too. Like we just got done watching the original or the last Rambo, last mm -hmm. one. You know how gory that movie is. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's a, my boys are 11 and nine. They watched Rambo last blood. And, and my, even some of my closest friends are like, Oh my gosh, you let them watch that. Some of my friends' wives are like, Oh yeah. I mean, to me that Rambo is going out and and he is taking care of his own business because the law won't, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like that's the world we're going to be growing up in. And I, I want my boys to watch manly movies and not be indoctrinated by what they see on TV. It's going to come from me, right? I would rather them watch Rambo Last Blood than anything Disney's pumping out right now with all their sexual pedophilia bullshit they throw out there. You know, and, and you're right. It's, it's the men across this country that have no backbone to stand against any of this stuff. I mean, just yesterday, I'm walking my dog um, down the street and... I've never had anybody really talk shit to me with the no mask thing or anything of that nature. And I wish they would. Nobody ever steps to guys like us. They just don't do it, Rich. It's always, they'll talk shit. To oh, they'll look at you, but they often don't open their mouth. Yeah, they won't say nothing. But yesterday, I'm walking without my mask on and across the street with cars coming on, I'm literally doing a, a podcast interview like this um, yesterday. I didn't have time to clean up my dog shit while he took a dump, right? I'm not going to take a clean up dog shit while I'm doing a podcast walking my dog. This guy from across the street had his bandana on. Hey, hey, yelling at me. I'm like, what? You're going to clean up your dog shit? I'm like, you can do it. Come. He, just walked, he, just walked, he just walked away, turned around like mumbling something under his breath. He's going to yell from across the street from oncoming traffic yeah. to worry about my dog shitting in a place he's not even close to. Yeah. Like, people are so quick to jump into your business nowadays and record something. Or, you know, if you took away all this technology we have right now, if you knocked out every cell phone tower in the country, in the world, where there's no more social media, I guarantee you, Rich, that moment, this pandemic would be over. 
Yeah, a lot of that outrage is manufactured by cell phone cameras. There's no doubt. This is, there's just no doubt in my mind that if cell phones did not exist, cell phone cameras and social media did not exist, there would be no there would be no place for it. It just it just wouldn't happen. No, I mean let's just be honest. When we were kids, the world was just as fucked up as it is now. Yeah, hundred percent. But we we didn't have access to all the negative bullshit going out there. If you have one negative story over in you know Washington D.C., it's national news now. When that would happen in 1980. Nobody gave two fucks because it wasn't re- it wasn't local. I mean, I, when I was seven, eight years old, my kid's age, I would be on my bike and I would ride all across my little town in Texas. I had a town of about 100,000 people. Yeah. And I would be gone all day, basically five, six hours. My mom, my grandma, my grandpa, they had no clue where I was. Yeah. I'd come home at sundown and I'd be like, hey, what's up, son? Parents yeah. don't work for kids do that no more. Hey, what's up? Feed me. Um, yeah. Do you remember in school, because I mean, you're about the same age as I am. I think you're a bit younger, but in school when I was growing up, there was a massive push, like a massive social narrative that you were going to die from AIDS. Like it's everywhere. Uh, you know, if you touch a doorknob, you're going to get it. If you hang around with uh, gay people, you're going to get it. It's like, you know, there's this whole narrative that you are going to die of AIDS. And this is a pandemic and it is over for all of us. What happened to that, man? I didn't hear boo after, after a couple years of that. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, one thousand percent. And and once Magic Johnson got it, and now he doesn't have it no more. It's not even a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Magic, Magic seems to be immune from the HIV virus. You know, it's it's funny. Like this whole this whole COVID thing. You know, if you just do your research and connect the dots over the last six months, it's so obvious what's going on. And you know, these mask Nazis out there that are yelling down at you to wear your mask. Listen, if mask works so well and you're wearing yours, then you shouldn't worry about me not wearing one, right? Because, I mean, if your masses supposedly keep COVID out of you, but then they tell you, well, if you wear yours, it's doubly effective. It's such nonsense, man. It's it, These people are just idiots. They are the people that, to me, actually, this has been a very eye-opening thing, this COVID. It's, it's separated the idiots from the people that can reason for themselves. And so a lot now, easier to plot them, isn't it? Yeah. When I go, listen, the only time I wear a mask is when I'm mandated to, I have to here in Southern California to go into a grocery store. Mm-hmm. They won't let you in a grocery store that one. So I'll go in there and my favorite game to play is mask on. And whenever I get in there, just see how far down I can get it to where I get people like backing up against the food aisles and sliding by me. And mm-hmm. I'm just dying, hoping somebody will say something to me. Nobody ever does. I guess, you know, like I said earlier, if you're 6'4", 225, nobody's going to step to you. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 so bizarre to me. Like, they're like they're strong and virtuous behind their keyboard and behind their Twitter icon. But, you know, face-to-face, they don't say boo, man. They just look at you. They just look at you. You know, they're driving their cars with their masks on all by themselves inside the car, protecting themselves from what? Just getting yeah. stupid or breathing in their own carbon dioxide. <laughs> dude, dude, I literally just... The other day, I put up, I never been one for like bumper stickers on my truck, but I got a, a, a bumper sticker from a friend of mine who's a police officer and it says, I support uh, law enforcement. And it has the blue stripe on the American flag, whatever. And um, this all happened in the same day. A cop drives by me at the stoplight. He looks at me and he gives me the fist pump, like, thank you, my friend. You know, mm-hmm. within two hours later, I get somebody pull up next to me and you, you could tell they were both probably high school kids. They look at me and they gave me the bird. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all that, I was rolling, literally rolling my window down to talk shit to them mm-hmm. and the light turned green and they hauled ass when they're like cheap ass hybrid Kia. Right. <laughs> right. 
right? And I'm like, this is the world we live in, where little high school bitches, like, you know, they saw my bumper sticker and they're against police officers. Yeah. These are the same idiots that no doubt if somebody broke in their house, they're going to be asking, where's the cops, right? I, the, 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 the defunding of the police thing, for any American out there that thinks that's a good idea, you need your ass kicked. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. You're, you're a fucking moron. And you really honestly need to get your ass. If, if you support defunding the police, you should have no right to ever. You should have this little mark on you that says you, you have no right to call cops when anything bad happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um... <sighs> I don't even know where to go with that, you know. I did no, the Rich, show. I mean, Rich, Gabe Kapler, the, the manager for the for the Giants, yeah. he knelt for the national anthem the other day. Uh -huh. And he had this big social justice warrior speech to his team prior to the game. You know, he was talking about, hey, we got 60 games to do whatever we want. He was worried more about social justice than winning baseball games. And that's why he's a failed manager. Yeah. And, and what's funny is what he said was he was dissatisfied with how our country has handled police brutality. And I'm like, okay, if that's how you feel about police officers, so whenever a normalcy comes back to Major League Baseball and you start getting fans in the stands, how about we just can take out all security and police officers out of your stadium? Let's have the Dodgers come to town on a big rivalry with 40,000 people in the stands, getting drunk, fighting each other, and then just take away cops and security. Let's see how much you... Uh, hate cops then Gabe. i mean it's just ridiculous all these people taking away you know cops man who wants to be a cop right now rich yeah i said that about a month ago i did a, a broadcast and i had uh, six police officers come on with me and they all stayed anonymous because they were afraid to lose their jobs or get fired but i basically said the same thing uh, about a month ago i'm like if you're thinking about being a cop don't find another career be a firefighter you get more girls anyway but um <laughs> They all basically said the same thing. Like, you know, policing is really bad. Like if you're, if you got 10 minutes of like excitement in your day, you've got like a couple hours of paperwork to do because of that. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're always walking on eggshells and I wouldn't like, I wouldn't do that job for a million dollars a year. There's no way you could pay me enough money to be a police officer today. Forget it. Not a chance. Forget it. But, um, you know, there's just so much hostility and there's so many of these young kids today that that are just following this like weak feminized social narrative of hate on anything, you know, like what is that zone and what is it, Portland where they have that Chaz zone or they tried to like yeah, demilitarize? Time, time zone. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's so bizarre to me, man, watching this stuff. It's just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you have like there are no high value men in any of these protests, riots. No. Like high value men are, are are putting a dent in the universe, right? Like they have women chasing them, they have things to do, they have kids to raise, they have money to make, they have they don't have time to go and throw a hissy fit in public and wear a mask and like some of the funnish imagery that I saw this week was a bunch of these young kids and they're using umbrellas as shields from the police. Like they think an umbrella is going to stop a rubber bullet and you know, they're all lining up like they've been watching too much uh, Vikings or too much game of Thrones where they try to stack the shields as like a staggered wall sort of thing. And it's like, they're using umbrellas and it's like, man, if you yeah. and the people laughing at you and it's just like, I just, I just wish more men would open their eyes to the reality of what they're doing and recognize that 
it doesn't matter how much you bend the knee to um, this mainstream social narrative of you know putting putting women up on a pedestal and the white knighting is off the chart, right? Like oh. women don't don't want anything to do with you, dude. Like as much as they hate guys like you and sliding in your DMs and you're a terrible father and I feel sorry for your kids and all that. They want you at the same time. Man. They're the first ones that deserve the shot of the title, Rich. That's for yeah. sure. They, they, they love guys like us, right? Um, at the end of the day, they're going to talk down to us and they're going to try and control us. But women want a man who's masculine that's willing to stand up to them. It's almost like I had this rule and I didn't know this as a young man. It was almost like it was opposite when I was younger. But now I've seen the truth. The hotter she is, the more you ignore her and kind of treat her like shit in a way the more she wants you. It's, it's really weird how that's happened. That, that I've seen that over my, you know, last three years, especially since I've been divorced. Um, it's been an eye opening experience and, and you've touched on a great point. It's like all these guys out there that are in the Chaz area or tearing down statues or, mm. or, 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 you know, any of these social justice warriors guys, if you look at them, every single one of them is, 130 pounds soaking wet no muscle tone tight jeans always in a man bun they have nothing masculine about them and on the other on the other side of the token if you look at the women it's usually the fat obese hag that has never seen a weight room in her life and she's got blue and orange hair you know mm -hmm. so um these are the people that america's afraid to step up against and speak out against i'm not fuck you you never see ever see guys like me and you going down um, to a statue teardown party or protesting, right? Why? Because we're busy making ourselves better. We're in the gym. We're working. We're grinding. We're making money. We're making moves. Mm. And that's hot. That's hot to other women, to real, real feminine, gorgeous women. They love that shit. I think you, you and uh, Rolo say this all the time, right? Uh, the, the women sit at the finish line and wait to fuck the winners, right? Yeah. They wait at the finish line and they pick the winner. Yeah. yeah, it's like I, I try to picture myself here thinking, you know, I have nothing better to do with my time that I would want to manufacture indignation and drama and go down to a statue or a monument of somebody from 100, 200, 300 years ago that did something significant and take it down because at that time, you know, something was common that might be offensive today. It's like you have you have some, you have some growing up to do, man. Like, like you have some serious thinking to do about your position in the world and your life, but I don't see that changing too much, man. Like I see more and more of that happening. I see more and more guys transitioning into that sphere, like into that space. And it's real, real tough to watch. I'm, I'm more of the kind of like sit back and let it burn sort of mentality at this point. I know you mentioned that video that if you didn't have kids, you know, be up in the mountain doing that right now, but I just I just take care of my inner circle and I just say, all right, look, you know, here's here's the facts as I see them. You know, hear hear the opinion of the mainstream media, hear the opinion of the school system, hear the opinion of of teachers and your peers, but don't be sheep. Don't yeah, be sheeple. You know, you know, Rich, it's it's um I kind of did a a little rant, I guess, on a video, kind of half joking, just pissed off at Gavin Newsom for what he's been doing in California. And I kind of teased about running for governor in mm -hmm. that video. I mean, I got so much support and I was like, wow, you know, it's almost, I always start thinking like, I remember a, a um, interview by Donald Trump on Oprah years ago, a couple, few decades ago. And she'd asked me, if he'd ever run for president. He said, you know what? I really love what I do. 
probably never would ever run for president. But if the country got that bad, then I'd maybe consider it. And I remember that interview. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, I would never want to be in politics. I'm not politically well-versed. Um, but seeing the people that are running these countries, uh, these states and cities, I'm like, shit, any idiot can do it, obviously. And then I just kind of made that video about running for governor of California. People were like, please, Aubrey, run. Please, Aubrey, run. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm about 90% sure that I want to run in 2022 against this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need more men, real men. It's not these beta males having just infiltrated our streets and tearing down our statues. They're in our government. Oh, yeah. They, don't, they have no backbone. They have no balls. They have no conviction. They're being told what to do by the powers that be the behind the curtain. And they're just puppets. And we need more men in there like Donald Trump, who doesn't give a shit, has his yeah. own money. He's not a politician who will actually what he's trying to do is clean the, is drain the swamp. And that's why we have all these crybabies right now. Mm. He's on to everybody. And these leftist behind the scenes goons and elitists they're fighting back and they're using their this dumbed down social justice warriors that have been growing up in the participation trophy generation to do their dirty work yeah i i you know i wonder though you know because i look at i mean your president right now is donald trump and he's about as alpha as they come and he can't even get much done you know he's he's, he's constantly stonewall he's constantly fighting to um you know to pass legislation law and get things you know moving in the right direction but uh I mean, I did some lobbying a, a couple of years ago around 20, 2013 or 2015 here in Ontario with Queen's Park with the provincial government. And I, I found I got nothing done. And I had the right approach, the right agenda. I had the right argument to, to prove that the legislation that the big banks were trying to pass was going to be harmful to the Canadian consumer. They didn't want to hear it, man. They just wanted to go with what would preserve uh, their seat in parliament and their job. They don't really care about you know, the public in general, all they care about is themselves and preserving their seat in that job as long as possible in their retirement, and everything else that comes along with that. So, I mean, I mean, it's well, a virtuous yeah. fight to push. We, we got to get term limits. That's that's the, the bottom line. And we've had people like Nancy, Nancy Perlozzi and Chuck Schumer, all these guys here that have been in, 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 uh, in government for decades now. It's crazy. Right? It's, it's just how do you how can you justify that? And these people come into politics and they come out multi, multi and I'm talking multi millionaires. Yeah. How does that happen on your salary? Right. Nobody puts this together like the Obama's came in. Right. Obama was I think he was worth maybe a million bucks, you know, him and his wife. If indeed Michelle is uh, his <laughs> woman. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, let's call her a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then. They come out of this thing, out of his presidency, like net worth of over $40 million, you know, brand new house in, a, I think, in a Hamptons or something. I'm like, how, how does that happen on a uh, presidential salary? I know you have your speaking gigs, you know, but you don't make $40 million on public speaking. So, you know, you got you to gotta ask yourself, where's all this money coming from for these elitists, right? And yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's just so corrupt. And that's why we're seeing such pushback right now. It's no... It's no coincidence that all this started happening in 2016, you know, when Donald Trump was elected president. It's connect the dots. Mm. You know, everything's quiet with the status quo with Obama and, you know, know, Clinton back in the day. Everything's okay. Nobody sees the shade that's going on behind closed doors. They're real evil. But when the evil gets confronted and then somebody comes in that's not a career politician that has seen this from the outside, you know, 
I get this all the time. Like Donald Trump knew Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he did when he was younger and lived basically three doors down in, in West Palm back in the day. And yeah, he's been to his house. He's got pictures with him. But once I think Donald Trump knew what he was into, he was gone. Mm-hmm. Basically told him, you're not welcome here anymore. He outed Epstein. Mm. So Donald Trump has seen all this corruption over his lifetime, being the billionaire he's been. And now he, he's over it. He's sick of seeing what has happened to America, and he's fighting back against all these guys. And that's why we're seeing the hissy fit. Yeah. Um, I just want to be respectful of you know, your time because I know you got to run in a couple minutes. So, you know, speaking on the topic of uh, parenting and, uh, you know, what you're up to today, just, just kind of sign off and let these guys know, you know, what your best advice is on, you know, being a parent in today's crazy ass world and what you think people should be doing to get some better results with their kids. <laughs> yeah. We kind of went off topic there, didn't we, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, yeah, man, for me, it's, you know, my boys are 11 and nine and they're at an age right now, I think where, you know, when they're younger, they're more nurturing. They need to be nurtured more with their moms and that nature. And, you know, I'm starting to do more manly things with them but for kids man you know as a father for men out there just be involved right it's it's not a it's not so much how much time you spend with them it's the time you do it's got to be quality time right um and for me the big thing is especially this day and age with this whole coronavirus thing and all the fear-mongering the media really be mindful of what they're what you're feeding them um because there's a lot of kids out there i think that are afraid and because their parents are afraid you know, they're pushing their fears onto their kids and mental health right now. You know, I've gone through my mental health issues and because um, I used to worry about everything, you know, what people thought of me, you know, fans, ownership, you know, everybody except for just being who I was and speaking out and being fearless. Right. And the world is teaching kids today to be fearful about everything, worry about everything. So for me, it's really mind the outside influences in today's society. You think Disney is harmless. They're probably the worst ones out there. So um, really mind what you're feeding your kids on a daily basis. All right, brother. Well, um, you can be followed over on uh, Twitter uh, at Aubrey underscore Huff. Uh, so check them out. You're also got your podcast rolling too. That's that's on iTunes, yeah, Twitter and all that stuff. It's called Off the Cuff with Aubrey Huff, and that's uh, I post that on my Instagram at HuffDaddy76 and my Twitter, but it's also on any listening platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Yeah. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks for uh, hopping on and joining me. Guys, make sure you hit the uh, like button. Leave me a, a comment below, and we'll see you guys all in the next broadcast. Peace out.